The Productive Woman, Episode 297. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome back. Welcome if you're new. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about some things that I do to make time for what matters to me. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 297. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. This is one of my favorite productivity tools and has been since long before I even started podcasting, much less uh, having them as a sponsor. Text Expander is a tool that works on all your devices, whether it's Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, iPad, to help you save time on those things that you type or cut and paste frequently. They let you create snippets, little abbreviations that you can type in and that will expand automatically to longer blocks of text. So you don't have to remember them. You have fewer keystrokes to type. It's, it's just a great tool that I use many, many, many times every day. Nice thing about Text Expander is it updates all your snippets on all your devices. So you can use them when you work in the office or at home. And you can make your snippets more powerful with all the various options that Text Expander offers in terms of fill-ins, pop-ups, and all sorts of things. So your messages are customized instead of just boilerplate text. Text Expander is available for companies too, and you can manage and share snippets for your teams and departments so that the message is consistent across the board. As I mentioned, it works on all your devices. So no matter where you're working, Text Expander is available for you. They offer a lot of uh, interesting webinars every month to help you use this tool even better. So you can sign up for Text Expander beginner, advanced, and teams webinars to learn more about boosting your productivity with this essential tool. You can find all of their webinars at textexpander.com slash webinar. And as I mentioned, it's available on pretty much all platforms. I love this tool. If you've listened to this podcast for very long, you've heard me talk about it. Um, As I said, I use it many times a day. To learn more about what you can do with Text Expander and how it can help you be more productive, visit textexpander.com slash podcast. And if you mention that the productive woman sent you, you'll get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and to get 20% off your first year. Be sure to let them know I sent you. I am often asked how I manage a legal practice, a podcast, a large family, you know, the various things that I do from time to time. And I thought I'd share a few of the things that I do to make time for what matters to me. Before I get into that, uh, I feel like I need to make a fair disclosure. I don't want to suggest, I hope I never suggest on this podcast that I always have it all together and I always do all these things well. 
like you, I wear a lot of different hats at various times of the year, at various times of the week, during various times of my life. But I don't always do them all well, and I never have. Uh, That's part of the reason I am interested in productivity and always have been, uh, because I want to do it better. I want to do, you know, my best at the various roles that I play, but I don't always get it right. Uh, Another thing that it's important to know is that I don't always do it all myself. I am blessed to have a husband who has always been very supportive and who definitely does his fair share of the work around here, sometimes more than his fair share. He has always been very supportive and encouraging uh, of me and the things that I wanted to do with my time. And I really feel like you know, we make a good team and that makes a big difference. If you don't have a partner, someone in your life who supports you, encourages you when you're feeling like giving up as we all do from time to time, that makes it harder, right? And a lot of the things that I've accomplished in my life, the things that people mention as being admirable, I'm not sure I would have accomplished those things without a a husband at my side who was encouraging me on and providing really practical support. So I, you know, that's a big piece of it for me. The other thing I wanted to mention as I talk about these four or five things that I do to make time for the things that matter to me is some context for it. So first of all, I work from home. Uh, As I'm recording this, the United States at least is starting to open up more, but a lot of people are working from home that haven't in the past. I've been working from home for the last couple of years. That is, you know, my law practice is based here from my home. I'm a partner in a large firm, but I work from home as do um, most of our partners. So that's different. You know, some of the things that I talk about, I think would apply, maybe be useful to you regardless of what your work situation is, but it's important for you to know that that's part of the context for the things that I do now. The other thing is that although I have five kids, they are all grown. So, you know, they're out on their own. Four of the five kids are married. Uh, Three of them have children. And so, you know, they're out on their own. Our youngest son, who is finishing graduate school, is currently home waiting for his campus to reopen. Uh, nevertheless, to all intents and purposes, Mike and I are empty nesters. So what works for me now is different from what worked when we had five kids at home. Some of these things I have always done and they were useful to me when I had kids, but I will, as I go through these things, try to point out what I did when the kids were home, uh, when our situation was different from the way it is now. So I just wanted to kind of give that backdrop for talking about the things that I do to make time for the things that matter most to me. So the first thing is kind of a big picture thing, literally, in in many ways. Uh, And that is I try to have a clear vision of what's important to me and keep those priorities top of mind all the time. And I don't always do that, but when I do, when I am able to keep my focus on what matters most to me, 
I am able to be more productive. I am able to accomplish the things that really matter uh, rather than just sort of spinning my wheels and maybe doing lots of stuff, but not really making progress on the things that matter most to me. And so when I talk about having a clear vision of my priorities, uh, I'm, I, I always think of it in, in terms of the primary roles that I live in life. I mean, I'm a person, a woman. Um, I, I, as I said before, wear many hats as you do. In my case, I am Mike's wife. I am m mom to my five kids. I am a grandmother to <laughs> their kids. I'm a lawyer. I am an income contributor to our household. I'm a podcaster and part of the Productive Woman community. Those are roles that I play, you know, among others. Those are the areas that I try to keep my focus on. And when time is limited, as it is for all of us, I try to make sure that I'm paying attention to those roles and um, doing the, the things that matter in those roles uh, to the best of my ability. And I try to think about my personal priorities. In order to have a, a clear vision of your priorities, you really do have to spend some time to think about this. Um, we, we can sort of, I don't know, idle through life and not really think about it and maybe do lots of stuff and still be not satisfied at the end of the day. But if we are thinking about what matters most to us and paying attention to those things, I think we are more likely to accomplish the things that matter most to us. And so for me, what matters uh, on a personal level are the people in my life. So my family, our friends, my colleagues, my clients, I, uh, you know, the, the productive woman community, the people in my life matter to me most of all, more than, uh, you know, the other things going on in life. And so I try to keep that in mind if I have to make a choice between, you know, two or three or more activities, which one um, serves me and the people that I care about? How can I live my life in a way to, to have a positive influence on those people that I care about most? So I, I try to keep that in mind and think about that when I'm deciding what to do with my time. Another priority that's important to me personally is having adequate time kind of to restore and uh, you know, with all I do, and I've, you know, I've heard from listeners, I've talked with members of the community who think, well, she's a lawyer, she's a podcaster, she does all this stuff. And it's true, I, I do wear these different hats, as you do. Um, but you might be surprised to know that I don't really do very well if my calendar is jam-packed. I need a certain amount of downtime pretty regularly. I love people. Uh, people matter to me more than anything else, but I am an introvert and I need in order to sort of be healthy mentally and emotionally, I need a certain amount of quiet time just to think, to, to, you know, read, to do what, to journal, just to, to not be 
um, attending to outside needs. And what that means for me is that I know in order to accomplish the things that I, you know, the goals that I have for myself, it's probably going to take longer And anything that requires a big project, whether it's writing a book or, you know, doing things on the house or whatever, it's going to take me longer because I personally just can't go, go, go all the time for very long. I can do spurts of time where, you know, the calendar's full and I'm going from one event to the next and doing lots of things, but I can't do that for very long and, and stay healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, any of that. And so where, you know, sometimes I'll see other people I know who, oh, maybe started podcasting when I did or started writing when I did, and they're farther along in their journey. They've, um, you know, accomplished more, and I'm kind of using air quotes there, than I have because they've spent more time on it uh, and, and they've filled up their days more, and that works for them. But I know that when I try to uh, imitate that, it does not go well for me. And so I've learned to be okay with the fact that getting where I want to go may take me a little longer. I try to take the long view and do what I can with the time I have while still leaving white space in my calendar and time in my schedule to just recoup and relax and think. You know, it's not like I have enough I don't, I'm not sure what enough would be, but I tried to keep that in mind. That's something I've learned about myself. Uh, and that's part of, for me, of that key, trying to have that clear vision of my priorities, who I am, what I need as a person and what matters most to me and, um, schedule my life accordingly. The second thing that I do to make time for what matters most is to, I spend a lot of time thinking about efficiency and I have for many years, it's been, um, you know, efficiency that is getting things done in the most efficient, effective way and with the least amount of time invested in it. Uh, for me, what that means is I'm always trying to find ways to do necessary tasks faster, whether it's things around the house, things for my, uh, for my law practice, for the podcast, other things like that. Anything that I need to do, we all have certain things that we, that need to be done. And to the extent that they're not things that I can delegate or, you know, defer, they've got to get done. You know, the dishes have to be washed. Somebody's got to do the laundry. Somebody's got to, uh, you know, I've got to outline my episode and record my episodes, uh, whatever those things are, things that need to be done. I try to find ways to do them faster while still being effective. And that may be things as simple as making sure the tools I need for a particular task are right there at hand, uh, that the room is organized in a way to help me be more efficient. Uh, part of be thinking about efficiency for me has been an ongoing decluttering project uh, that, that's been going on for the last two or three years as little by little I'm going through things and finding things that we don't really need. The reason behind this is the less stuff I have, the easier it is to 
you know, clean my house, clean my office, whatever, and the less time I have to spend doing it, leaving more time for other things that matter more to me. So that that ongoing decluttering project has, for me, been a big contributor to uh, having enough time to do the, the important things. Having the right tools, which I mentioned a minute ago, really helps for whatever I'm doing. So if it's cooking, having sharp knives and good pans and those sorts of things uh, can make the difference in how long it takes to get something done and how how troublesome it is to do it. For my writing or for my legal practice, having good software and a computer that works well, whatever the tools are that I need to do a particular task, having those right tools at hand and knowing how to use them well makes a huge difference. And, you know, I, I enjoy trying out different kinds of software and, and, you know, those kinds of tools to get my work done. Uh, but there are certain ones that I have found that do the job for me, you know, for, as an example, I've already mentioned our sponsor for this episode, text expander. I, I, accept them as a sponsor and welcome them as a sponsor because it's such a useful tool for me. It saves me so much time in the typing things that I have to do all the time. And there are other apps like that and software that make a huge difference. So having the right tools makes a big difference and practice whatever things that I, that have to be done regularly, the more you practice them, the more you think ahead and think, what do I need to do in order to be really efficient at this? And how can I set myself up for success and getting this done as efficiently and effectively as possible? I think about those things and that helps me make time for what matters. Finding small ways to increase efficiency. I'm not a fan of multitasking. I don't think we really can do it well in, in the sense that lots of people talk about it. But there are little things we can do to increase our efficiency in accomplishing those necessary tasks, like, you know, cleaning up the dishes while the pasta boils, or tidying my desk while I'm on hold for a call, wiping out the shower while I'm finishing up my shower. Uh, doing kind of two things at once can help me be more efficient on the those necessary things. Little things like I, we have a two-story house, and you know how it is when you've got a two-story house, you, you find things on one floor that belong somewhere else. Well, rather than running up and down the stairs, I got a stair basket that sits at the bottom of the stairs. And when I find something on the main floor that belongs upstairs, I drop it in there. And then the next time I go upstairs, I can take it with me and put it where it belongs. That's a little thing that makes a big difference as, as it adds up in being more efficient and saving time on the necessary stuff. So I have more time for the things that matter to me. The third thing that I do to make more time is creating routines and routines are, you know, a series of things of actions that you take repeatedly, uh, to accomplish certain tasks and routines save time. Uh, because those actions, as you repeat them over and over in a certain sequence, they become habitual. You don't have to think about it anymore. So you're not wasting time thinking, what do I do next? Or how do I do this thing? Because you have created a, a routine. We all have them, but if we are intentional 
about creating them. Uh, They can help us be more effective in getting our stuff done. And the more you do something uh, repeatedly, you get better at doing it and more efficient as you do it the same way each time. So routines are a, a big help for me in making time for Uh, the most important thing. So I have all kinds of different routines. I have my morning routine to get ready to sit down to work. When I worked in an office, it was part of my routine to go into the office very early so that I would have an hour or two to get work done without interruption. If you can do that, that's a, a really great thing to do. Now that I work at home, I have to work at kind of creating a, those boundaries between my work day, my, my legal practice, and the other parts of my life. I have an office. I'm, I'm thankful for that, uh, that I have an office that I can go into, and this is the place where I work. But I have a routine to sort of get myself in the right mindset to get my work done. Certain things I do in the morning, usually, you know, I get up, I take my thyroid medication, I... Um, when I'm really on a roll, I, I get dressed and do a workout on the treadmill, take my shower, um, make the bed, empty the dishwasher. If it was run the night before, uh, you know, have my port, get my tea and do, you know, the certain things that I do routinely every morning to get myself in the right mindset uh, to walk into my office, maybe light my candle or turn on my diffuser and sit down and get to work. So that's one of uh, the routines that I have that's very helpful, very useful for me. I have a routine for getting the laundry done. I have weekly routines for house cleaning and, and getting groceries ordered and bought and put away. I have my end of day routine, which I think is, you know, it's a, a big help for me. Uh, it has kind of two components. At the end of my work day, when I'm winding down, Before I leave my office, I try to uh, check the calendar and identify the two or three most important tasks for the next workday. I write those down. Uh, I kind of at least tentatively identify what's the one I'm going to work on first when I sit down to work. And uh, then I'll tidy up my desk so that when I come in to work in the morning, I've got my cup of tea that I put on my, I have a a little thing that sits on my desk to keep my tea warm. And I I walk into my office with my tea. I set the mug on that warmer and I can get to work because I know I had already decided what I'm going to do. And my workspace is tidied up and ready to go. And at the end of the, my whole day, what I try to do kind of at the, before I go to bed at night, I'll tidy up the kitchen, you know, load the dishwasher, get it started running if it's full, wash up whatever needs to be washed by hand, wipe off the counters, put things where they belong in kind of the, from the main living areas. And then I will write down my to-do list for the next day. And that's, you know, three, four, five, maybe five things that need to get done the next day. Uh, and I've got that written down. So same as with my work, just life in general, I can go to bed knowing I've captured whatever's got to get done the next day and I can work effectively. I can rest hopefully, uh, because I'm not lying there in bed thinking, Oh, I got to remember to do this or don't forget to do that. So that routine helps me 
uh, in general to make sure that the things that need to get done do get done with minimal amounts of, of wasted time. Uh, we've talked about routines and habits and those sorts of things in the past. Uh, check out some of the past episodes. We'll put links in the show notes, but a couple of them come to mind are episode 27 and episode 141. So you can find uh, the show notes for those or the audio for those, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, the fourth thing that I do to make time for what matters most to me is I try, and this kind of is an outflow of the efficiency idea. I try to batch tasks. That is, I try to do similar tasks in groups, for me, that saves a lot of time. If it's something that requires some kind of ramping up time or getting tools together or, you know, whatever it is, if you do se do several of them all at once, you save time on setup and teardown, so to speak. So for example, using, I mentioned, I have routines for doing laundry. Personally, I do all, or at least most of our laundry on one day of the week. Uh, the, I like doing it that way because at the when I, when it's done at the end of that day the laundry is all done it's all washed dried put away and I don't have to think about it or even go into the laundry room for the rest of the week so that it's it's all done it's all compressed I get the baskets out I, I'm in that mode and it saves me a lot of time now in fairness this is easier for me to do to get it all done in one day because a I'm working from home so I can you know shift laundry from the washer to the dryer while I'm taking a break to, to get another cup of tea. Um, and there are only two of us here. So it's, I don't have as many clothes to wash as I did back when we had all five kids at home. Well, there are three of us now while Sam is here, but for the most part, it's, it's Mike and me. And, um, for reasons I'll talk about in a minute, you know, we don't have a dozen loads of laundry to do. This is a different situation than when all the kids were at home. And it's also different because we don't have a lot of clothes. So I don't have as much to launder and fold and put away as someone who has tons and tons of clothes. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so, but I, that's how I kind of batch laundry. I compress it all into one day. Other people do it differently. They have a different routine for that and they'll do one, one load a day and that works for them. But this is what works for me. It helps me save time because the rest of the week I'm not thinking about laundry. Um, I batch errands, especially now because we live out in the country you know, so it's not like there's a grocery store at the end of the block or something like that. It's, you know, we're not far from town, but to me, it's a waste of time to, to run into town several different times during the week. If it's a 15 or 20 minute drive to get where I'm going, I can do several things while I'm there or, you know, run back and forth. And, and wait, to me, it's a waste of time. I don't want to run into the store for one thing. So I try to plan ahead. And if I'm going into town for an appointment or if it's grocery day and I'm going to pick up my grocery order that day or something like that, I try to think, all right, what else do I need to do this week? What else can I get done in that part of town and get it all done at once? That saves me huge amounts of time. Uh, I batch the work I do for the podcast, choosing topics. I'll sit down and brainstorm topics or, 
you know, uh, communicate with members of the community about ideas they have or whatever to gather up topics. I will batch outlining episodes and record. I try to record two or three in the same day, because again, this is saving me the time of, it only takes me, you know, five or 10 minutes to set up my gear, but five or 10 minutes once to get several episodes done, as opposed to five or 10 minutes each time I do an episode is, you know, that time adds up. I try to batch the administrative stuff I have to do for my law practice because that saves time. So I do it all at once. I kind of get in that mode and power through it. And then, then I can move on to other things. So batching tasks is a huge time saver for me. Uh, and especially those routine kinds of things that you have to do repeatedly, um, getting them all done at once can save a lot of time and make that time available for other things that matter more to me. And it's not that doing the routine things doesn't matter, but if you want, if you have more than one uh, role in life, if you are, as I said earlier, wearing more than one hat and you're trying to accomplish certain things in different areas of your life, um, you want to save as much time as you can on those kind of everyday run of the mill activities so that you have more time available to do the other things that you want to do. The fifth thing that I do to make more time for the things that matter, I've already touched on this earlier, and that is simply having less stuff. Now, this is hard for me. I think I've mentioned before, uh, I don't like to get rid of anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm not a hoarder, but I, you know, I could come pretty, I, I could see how I could become one for lots of reasons. Uh, when growing up as a young kid, we didn't have much. And, um, you know, we never went hungry or anything like that, but uh, I kind of got in the mindset of lack of, you know, maybe there's not going to be enough, a, a shortage of things. And so I got to hang on to this in case I need it someday. I have been working really hard to overcome that mindset and, Little by little, as I mentioned earlier, this uh, ongoing decluttering project of trying to be more, <laughs> if you want to use the word ruthless, about getting rid of things that we don't use, that don't serve a purpose. If I don't use it or love it or both, then maybe it's time to pass it on to somebody else. And that includes, uh, for me, especially clothes. The less stuff I have, the less time I spend maintaining it, cleaning around it, uh, you know, sorting it out, organizing it, losing it, and trying to find the thing I'm looking for. So for me, having less stuff is becoming more and more important because it's just a time waster as well as, you know, a money waster. And what is too much depends on the person. For me, ha having fewer clothes works because I'm not a clothes horse. I'm not, I don't shop for fun. It's not entertaining for me. I tend to collect books rather than clothes. It may be different for you. Maybe you know, shopping for clothes and having lots of different outfit choices is, you know, is something that's important to you. And that's fine. Finding ways to organize your clothes to kind of be more efficient, I guess, in, in how you maintain it uh, will save you time. But for me, having fewer clothes has been a time saver because I don't have as much laundry to do. 
I have um, things that I wear that are comfortable and that I like how I look in them. And that's enough for me. As I said, my, my weaknesses, books and maybe technology. I like my, my toys and, but I'm trying to minimize that because there are other things I'd rather do with my time than, you know, dust books. So those are some of the things I do now. I wanted to mention, uh, as I said earlier, my situation is different right now because our kids are all grown and gone. And so I wanted to mention some of the things that I did to make more time for, for what was important when the kids were at home. So we have five kids. The oldest is she's going to turn 40 next year, which she'll probably kill me for saying. And the youngest just turned 26. So you can do the math of how far spread apart they are. Uh, and so there was a time when I had five, you know, five kids at home. And at that time we were homeschooling, uh, the last few years. And so, you know, our life was very different then than it is now. Some of the things that I did to make sure that I had time for the things that mattered, including some time for myself, because it was just as important then as it is now, if not more so, uh, for me to be a decent mother, I needed some amount of kind of downtime. And so one of the things that I did was, or we did, was that everybody pitched in with the stuff that needed to be done at home. Uh, even very young kids can help with things around the house, like putting silverware away or folding the dishcloths or, you know, parts of the laundry, maybe feeding pets or certainly picking up their own toys. Even little toddlers can, can learn to pick up their own toys at the end of a play session. And a lot of times they, if you catch them young enough, they actually enjoy doing it. You can make a game out of it and that makes your life easier. So having everybody pitch in with various things as the kids got older, they did different things. Our oldest liked to bake. And so she kind of took over the baking and would bake cookies and sometimes would cook dinner and do different things. Rachel, my oldest now has four daughters of her own and uh, we were just talking about that uh, today because she and the girls are here visiting and she has her two oldest do their own laundry. They're a family of six. She has much more laundry to do than I do. And so trying to do it all in one day is not something that's going to work for her. But on that theme of having the kids pitch in and be helpful. Uh, she has the, two, each of her two oldest girls does her own laundry, washes, folds it, puts it away. And I asked her when, when she started having them do that. And she said it was last year when they were in, or maybe the, the year before they were probably in fifth and sixth grade when she started having them do that. You know, it's a great thing. It, it takes some of the load off of Rachel. It also is helping the girls learn a skill that they're going to need to have when they go out on their own. And that would be true whether even if they were boys. So having the kids do certain things serves two purposes, takes some of the load off of mom, teaches them a, a life skill that they're going to need. So that was one of the things I did when the kids were home uh, all those years ago. Second thing I did was a, 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 an afternoon rule that started when we had our first child and continues to this day. And that is that after lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. 
and I'm five foot four, so it didn't take very long for my boys to outgrow me. But nevertheless, that has been a rule in the house um, forever. After lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. Why do I do this? Not because I don't like my kids, but actually because I do like my kids. I did like them then. They needed that quiet time um, in the afternoon to avoid, I, what I found was that if we didn't have some period of time in the early afternoon to kind of wind down and be quiet, by around the time I was trying to get dinner on the table, they were wired up and tired and cranky and crabby and I was crabby. And it, there's a reason why folks used to call that sort of five o'clock hour, the arsenic hour, um, because moms either wanted to, you know, wanted to take some themselves or they were going crazy because everybody was crabby. And so for me, um, this was an important thing for them to have time to wind down. And I needed the quiet time. I needed a little bit of time in the middle of the day to just sort of uh, recoup a little bit. And sometimes I took a nap if I was tired enough. Uh, sometimes I would just sit and read a book. Sometimes I'd get a, a task done that I could do more quickly without the kids around. But it was a, a really pretty much a hard and fast rule. We didn't miss it very often. I didn't schedule things in that early afternoon time when I could avoid it, appointments or anything like that. Uh, and that was just the rule. Older kids, as they, you know, as they got older, they were told, you don't have to sleep, but you have to stay on your bed and be silent. I didn't allow them to have screens, but they were allowed to read a book or look at a magazine. Uh, it was a time for everybody to sort of power down a little bit, rest a little bit, and uh, and then come out of it kind of feeling better. And I had, you know, I hear you saying, oh, my kids would never do that. Uh, you know, I what I would say is try it, but you'll have to try it for a while if this is not something you've done um, from the time your kids were little, I, I can say that when my kids were home and, you know, I would, as young moms do, I, I would sometimes have friends, kids that I'd be watching for them while they were doing something. And that rule applied to their kids too. And I had many moms who would say, well, my kid won't take a nap. And I would say, that's fine. They don't have to go to sleep, but we, this is what we do in our house. After lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. We just have to lie down and be quiet. There was never a kid who did not fall asleep. N never in all those years that I was home, they get tired and they would fall asleep. And it made a difference for me and for them as to how our afternoons went. Another thing I did with my kids when they were home that saved time for me was I taught them to entertain themselves. Um, we had art supplies, different things that they could do uh, even when they were little. And as they got old enough, um, I, I, kind of taught them that it was not my job to entertain them. I mean, we did things together. I don't want you to misunderstand me. It's not like I left them to their own devices all the time, but it was, I, I tried to make it clear to them. It is not my job to entertain you. Um, you can find things to do to entertain yourself. And I taught them that when they would come to me, that the words 
I'm bored in mom language means I need a chore to do. And so if they would come and start telling me, you know, as, as kids will do, I'm bored. I would say, okay, well, that means you need a chore to do. So here's the toilet brush and the cleaner and you can go clean the toilet or, you know, go fold that load of laundry or something. And they learned not to tell me they were bored. They learned to find something to do. Uh, I didn't have the TV on a lot in the afternoons, um, but they would find things to do. And that saved me a lot of time of not, you know, not having to kind of think up things for them to do to be entertained. The fourth thing that I would do when the kids were home is we had routines, just as I have routines for myself now, having kind of a schedule for the day, routines for the day of kind of regular meal times, including, you know, midday snack after they got up from their nap or whatever. So I didn't have to deal with a constant kitchen mess. There was not, you know, rifling through the the kitchen was not one of the things they could do to deal with boredom. We had meal, we had breakfast, we had lunch, we had snack, we had dinner. And in between, they, you know, they weren't in there. They had a regular bedtime. They had, we had certain times of the week that we would do certain activities with friends and stuff like that. Having those routines helped them the same way it helped me. It put a structure around our day, things to look forward to, um, managing expectations and that sort of thing. And then the fifth thing that I did uh, as I was trying to remember back in those days was minimize the stuff in their lives. We didn't have a ton of toys uh, to be scattered around and, you know, make more work for them or me. Um, we didn't have a ton of activities, didn't sign up for everything in the world, tried to have plenty of, of downtime for them to be, um, encouraged to be creative, to solve the problems, I guess, of their own boredom and without filling up our space or our calendars with lots of, of stuff. That made more time for them to do kind of creative stuff. It made more time for me as well. And so it was something that worked for us. When you have five kids at home, there's uh, and again, this has worked for me because I am a person who doesn't do well with every minute of every day full of activity. If you are a person who thrives on having lots of places to go and lots of things to do, then then this this wouldn't be necessary for you and there are other things that would work for you. But these are some of the things that worked for me when the kids were home. So a couple of closing thoughts as we go. These are just, as I said, a few things that I do to make time for what matters most to me. But nobody is perfect at this. It's an ongoing journey. There's a reason why I have studied productivity and time management and organization pretty much my whole life always learning new things and, you know, tweaking the system a little bit, trying to find better ways to do things uh, as I go on. I don't get it right all the time. I waste as much time as you do, as anybody does. Uh, and the perfection, I don't think, is the point. It's constant improvement, constant um, finding ways to make your life more like what you want it to be. 
And the other thing I would say is that we can learn from each other. I'm sharing what works for me. I'd love to hear what works for you. Uh, I, I love to watch what other people are doing and see if I can learn something from them. But whatever you see others doing, whether it's me or anybody else, adapt it to your own life, your own style, your own personality, your own family. And, um, rather than trying to imitate, you know, paste somebody else's life uh, and approach to to productivity onto your household because that doesn't work. So we learn from each other. We can get ideas. We can get inspiration, but adapt it to what works for you best. That's what I've tried to do. Uh, I try not to compare myself to other people um, who, who I think maybe are doing it better, but I try to see what can I learn from how she's doing it or he's doing it? What can I take? What little piece can I take from that? Apply to my life to make my life more productive in a meaningful way. uh, And that is meaningful to me and to my family. So those are my thoughts. But what do you think? What do you do to make time for what's important to you? I would love to hear it. Uh, because I can learn from you as well. Uh, Feel free to share your ideas or your thoughts about this topic in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 297, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Uh, If you are a woman who listens to this podcast, if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place to post kind of what you're doing to make time in your life so we can all learn from each other. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your suggestions, your ideas, your questions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, before we go, a couple of things. I want to say a special thank you to someone who left a very nice five-star review of the podcast in Apple Podcasts recently. And this is, um, I don't know how to say this. I think it's just like kind of a pen name type thing. A. Quinns from the Philippines who said, this podcast is a must listen to. If you get caught up to busyness, but still want to manage what matters most to you, this podcast is for you. It is so encouraging and just what I need juggling mama work duties. Kudos. So thank you, Aquins from the Philippines. That was a very encouraging bit of uh, insight and feedback on the show. And I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, remember to visit textexpander.com slash podcast if you want to find out more about how Text Expander can help you be more efficient and get 20% off your first year. And thank you so much to Text Expander for its ongoing support of the Productive Woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I appreciate you. I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.